My co-host Schmitty is uh, he's he's just a wall. I don't know where he is. He didn't tell me. He's just like I'm not going to be there. So I got a good friend of the show, Nathan, filling in for Schmitty this week. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing really well. Cool, man. Thanks for uh, thanks for filling the uh, filling Schmitty's seat. It's 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 a, it's a hard seat to fill. Yes, it's, I mean, yeah, it's no one can fill this seat. It's uh, I can only like kind of want to, uh, you know, like move things along a little bit. It, it literally just involves coming here and drinking. So I'm really good at that. <laughs> really? <laughs> it's a tall order. Uh, we got a great show on tap for you today. Uh, we're going to talk to uh, Peter from Milk and Honey and Kale from Modest. I'm also expecting uh, a guest from Wild Minds to be joining us later in the show. Lots of news, lots of good stuff going on. We're going to talk about the uh, Minnesota Cider Fair that's happening on the 22nd. We covered that a little bit last week. Peter's going to tell us more about what's going on with there. Uh, a couple of uh, really exciting releases from Modest that we're going to tell you about. But uh, Nathan... Friend of the beer cast, you got some you got some cool news to share. Yeah, um, so I am one of two reps now for War Pigs Brewery. That is fantastic. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, my buddy Rick Steiner and I, uh, we are kicking butt out there in Minneapolis and St. Paul and the surrounding suburb areas. All right, now a lot of people. I know a lot of people are familiar with War Pigs. I know a lot of people have 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 heard of it, have tried it. It was out at the uh, state fair, but uh, for those that aren't, uh, this is a pretty you know highly anticipated arrival into the Minnesota beer scene. So, tell us a little bit about War Pigs for those that uh, that might not be familiar with it. All right. Well, the short of long of it, three Floyds out of Indiana and Mickler out of now Denmark decided to come together and make a collaboration brewery, which is the first of its kind in the world. Uh, that we know of, um, Todd Three Haug. Floyd's, of course, home to uh, the the Minnesota beer legend Todd Haug. That's right. Know? Yep. Uh, so they decided they wanted to open up on America side, and Todd was the guy going to do it for him. What uh, what what can people expect and look for out of War Pigs? Uh, right now, we got two IPAs out and a premium lager, so a lot of good hoppy goodness that Todd's been brewing up for a long time. What sort of market penetration are we looking at so far? Deep. <laughs> Deep. That's how we like it. That's how we like our war pigs. Well, cool, man. Congratulations. I'm excited uh, for you, and uh, it's great to have uh, great to have war pigs in the market to keep a, keep a little, little bit of Todd here in Minnesota. I agree with you on that. Yeah. Thank yeah, you. That's awesome. Uh, we'll be talking about that more uh, in future episodes, I'm sure. Peter from Milk and Honey, how you doing? Hey, good. Thanks. Glad to be here. Yeah, thanks for uh, joining us. I believe this is the first time we have had Milk and Honey on the show. It is. Uh, that is that that is a travesty on our part. Well, thanks for having us. It's only <laughs> been six years, so it's all right. <laughs> We've only been around for three. So, all right. So, uh, your first time on the show, we brought you on because we got the uh, the, the. I mean, it is cider season. It's harvest season. There's uh, so much great stuff happening out there in the Minnesota cider scene. And uh, you, and if you you're interested, you could find out. Uh, and get your you know get your hands on on a lot of the great Minnesota ciders at the Minnesota Cider Fair happening October twenty second. We'll talk about more more about that in just a couple minutes. But uh, your first time on the show, tell us all about Milk and Honey. You guys have been around six years. Where are you located? What are sort of your flagship offerings? Yeah, so we're uh, we're located up in Stearns County. It's about an hour north of here. Which might as well be Canada uh, in, in this scene, but that's where we want to be because that's where you make good ciders on the hills and the orchards and all that good stuff. So, um, yeah, we we started doing this in 2011. Uh, my wife and I bought a farm up in uh, near Cold Spring, 
and uh, needed a way to pay for it. So we, we put some trees in the ground and uh, that's the that's the cool thing about ciders. Like if you want to start it, the first thing you got to do is get out your grafting knife. You got to get some trees. You got to get some land and then you wait, uh, well, five, five, six years. So. Um, <laughs> it's, it's easy. Yeah. It's just, it's just an overnight process, right? Yeah. The uh, investors are all over that. You know, anytime you can throw down a bunch of money and then wait half a decade, <laughs> which is awesome. But yeah, so we've been doing that. Um, we came uh, into the draft market about three years ago. And then uh, as of last year, as of last month, rather, we uh, now have a tap room. Uh, up in St. Joe that we're pretty excited about. We got uh, 11 acres of land up there. You can come out, see our pressing operation, check out the sellers, drink some cider, buy some cider. It's a fun time. So, when uh, for a first time visitor coming out to Milk and Honey, what can they, what sort of offerings can they expect? So we have our uh, flagships on there. We have our, you know, we kind of specialize in dry varietal ciders um, made with. Uh, you know, mineral intervention. So we're taking apples, we're taking high quality fruit that uh, is grown often for hard cider production and and then uh, trying not to mess it up from there. So we use real neutral yeast and we're kind of um, uh, doing that whole thing. So you can find our flagship. We got our heirloom out there, our fauna and flora, which are also in package down here in the cities. Um, but then also um, some other kind of random stuff. Uh, we have our ice cider on tap. We have a cider rosé. We have um, a uh, fresh press, which is kind of fun. Um, only during the harvest, uh, the pressing season, do we have fresh juice that we mix with last year's cider. So you kind of get um, just this great juiciness and um, kind of uh, you know seasonal blend. It's really really uh, cool. So, how well do ciders age? Ciders age pretty well. Usually, what we find is they. Uh, all of our stuff is aged minimum six months, and it gets better up until about a year, and then it plateaus. Yeah, what, and it, what happens to the to the flavor profile after after that it, year? I think it it doesn't it doesn't get worse, but doesn't, it's not like a wine or whiskey. You know, we're just gonna we're just gonna get better. Mm-hmm. I think it kind of the, the flavors are melded. There's a roundness that occurs, and then it's just kind of holding holding steady there. So. Um, you know, when you talk about vintage, vintages, it's like what it's more exciting about what was happening in the orchard that year because that's going to be you know expressed in the in the cider. But yeah, they're just holding steady. Um, that being said, you know anything less than six months has got kind of this rawness that uh, you know needs a little aging, needs a little maturation to to develop. So. Is it does it dry out as you go through that six months, or is that is it fairly dry from the get-go? Because I know, like yeah. with, with wine, you know, if you if you we we bottled some wine in my house out of a couple kits, and and of course, you know the 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 anticipation, you know, it's like you want to try it right away, and and it's very juicy, it's very sweet, you know, it tastes like juice, but then as you let it sort of age that proper amount, that's when the dryness really settles in. Is it similar for cider? Yeah, that's uh, yeah. There is a. You know, depending on what to do with the, the fermentation, but what we tend to do is we're going to, over the course of a month, we're going to let all the uh, sugar be consumed. So it's going to be bone dry when it's going into the cellar. Okay. And then at that at that point, it's just raw, it's cloudy, it's, you know, it's got these bitter notes to it. And r- over the winter and the spring, you know, I don't know what, what kind of magic is happening in that cellar, but 
it drops clear. It's crystal clear without fermentation or without filtration or anything like that. And there's just this um, this roundness. Now I'm sure you could explain this scientifically or whatever, but uh, you know, it's it's time and it's it's magic. So. <laughs> Well, cool, man. Thank you for coming on. Uh, you're going to be out at this uh, at this Minnesota Cider Fair happening in Jordan on October 22nd. Uh, people head up to your uh, booth. What can uh, what, what will you be offering there? Will you have your flagships out there? Any special releases? Yeah, we're going to try to have our fresh uh, press out there, uh, depending upon the season. We actually haven't done any pressing yet. The the cool May really put down uh, pushback harvest quite a bit. So. Uh, a lot of the trees, are, a lot of the fruits just coming off the trees right now. So, uh, knock on wood, we'll get our first pressing in there, and we can do the fresh press. But um, yeah, it's a great event. It's not that far from the from the metro. Um, the Minnesota Cider Guild puts it on. That's just a a new group of uh, probably a dozen cider makers around the state who, you know, form sign the paperwork and formally organized. But um, it's a good event. It's our second annual. It's on an orchard. It's on. Sponsors uh, Minnesota Harvest Orchard, which has got tons of history. It's just beautiful. And so, yeah, you can go down there, um, you know, walk the orchards, eat some fresh fruit, drink some fresh cider, drink some hard cider, and um, sample through the guild um, membership. So it'll be great. Yeah, I will be there. Schmitty will be there. So, uh, you know, if you, if you want to come out, come out and say hi. You can find out more uh, just on Facebook if you just search Minnesota Cider Fair. If you Google search Minnesota F- Cider Fair, it'll take you to the website, mnciderfair.weebly.com. It's October 22nd from 1 to 5 at Minnesota Harvest Orchard in Jordan, Minnesota. Tickets are still available. Uh, you guys going to be there. You've got... Uh, uh, keepsake, yellow belly, urban forage, uh, sociable, just a, a ton, a, a more than I can list, ton of great Minnesota cideries uh, coming out there, and it's going to be a lot of fun. And the, the weather, hopefully, will looks like I looked ahead, looks like it's going to be a pretty nice weekend. Hopefully, that holds up. Yeah, October is you know good bet on weather wise. So uh, last last year was beautiful. I uh, we couldn't have hit it better, and I think we're gonna we're gonna get the same this year. So. Cool, man. Well, thanks, Peter. I appreciate you coming in. We'll talk some more with you later in the show. Coming up, we're going to talk to uh, Kale from Modest. He's got some uh, new releases coming out. Lord Humongous is coming back. I'm so excited. We'll tell you all about more that and more with uh, with my buddy Nate on the Minnesota BeerCast. Justice and Drew. When you're using those old modems, if you don't turn off call waiting, you know, your your internet connection gets disconnected. You guys are so old. You know, like the star six seven or whatever it was to disable call waiting. Have you ever had to do that? Have you ever heard the sound that it know. used to make? Dial up. Well, then it would connect. It was like the yeah. glorious sound when you connected to AOL. An episode out at uh, Surly Darkness Days a little bit later this month. Schmidty's not here, but I believe he set that up. I'll confirm it with him. And if we're not, then I just lied to you. So just deal with it. Nathan is in for us, Schmidty. Uh, he's had some really cool news in the last segment. He's going to be repping War Pigs here in the Twin Cities. Very excited about that. We've got Kale from Modest and Peter from uh, Milk and Honey. We were talking about Milk and Honey and all the uh, all the amazing ciders you have going on out there in the Minnesota Cider Fair. And during the break, you and Nathan were having kind of an interesting conversation, and I stopped you and said, let's uh, let's talk about this on the air. Nathan, what were you asking him about? Yeah, so Pete, I was asking you about uh, if you do what's called a Solera method with your fresh press. Um, and what that is is where you leave some of the older, already fermented cider in the barrel or fermentation um, vessel and then add fresh new pressed uh, juice yeah it, 
Yeah, that's interesting because I want, you know, like those those next generation of yeast that would inoculate that new thing. I wonder what they would do, like what in terms of their fitness of the yeast, what it, what it would do. I, I do know as kind of a rule of thumb with cider, with white wine, it's kind of a one and done. Mm-hmm. So um, what we use that's a little bit different from the beer world is we use dry yeast. So right. it's it, it we're not overnighting a liquid yeast that's just going to go off and then give you a couple tank turns. Um what we're doing is uh, we're uh, rehydrating the yeast very carefully and then inoculating. And then we get, after our 30 days ferment is done, um, best practice is put that down the drain because it doesn't have the fitness. Right, so it's not sustainable enough to go over multiple generations of uh, fermentations. Yeah, okay. yeah, exactly. At least, you know, at least the, the workhorse champagne yeast that we use. Um, we're messing around a little bit with wild ferment. You know, I got some apples here in the... Uh, in the box and you know these are these are full of wild yeast that are going to do amazing things you know the the issue is uh what are they going to do you yeah. know you, <laughs> you you know we're pressing a thousand gallons and um and then uh at a time and then what do we do so you got you got a whole day's worth of work in there what are you going to do you're going right. to let the wild things do their thing that's awesome but you know, a lot of resources in like yeah. the juice itself totally like you could use that juice to make some sellable product instead you're experimenting like, yeah is that yeast going to put off some like really good desirable flavors or is it going to be a sulfur bomb yeah yeah totally it's so it's like kind of uh it's insurance right yeah so, so <laughs> just throw in um a good neutral uh white wine uh champagne yeast and 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 call it good. Um, that being said, you know, um, you go to the, some of our partners have been over to France and stuff like that, and the, the yeasts are just, you know, similar to the, the Belgian breweries. I mean, they just live yeah. in, in, in the, the air. air. <laughs> they're just in the water. They're in the trees or anything like that. So we'll see. We'll get there. Okay. And I, I actually had a follow-up question to that. Um, so we were talking about, like, um, like the, the, the airborne stuff and whatnot. Um, and then you're talking about how the chili may push back harvest. Yeah. So would you say that like uh, cider apples are just as susceptible to the weather as grapes would be for wine? Yeah, 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 totally. So that's a great question. Um, you get a wet year, you get your sugars are lower, your yields are higher. Um, you get a dry year, you get awesome cider that year. All the flavors are concentrated. Apples are smaller, um, sugars higher. You know, so and even same that we buy out of the same blocks every year from all our orchards. Mm-hmm. That's our block, right? Typically, um, they're different every year. Uh, so when we talk about our trying to keep some consistency, like with our heirloom or with our flagships, we have to talk about the year because that's what made the fruit. Yeah. So. <laughs> is there a uh, is there a different process growing apples for the purposes of cider than than for other purposes? Are there some distinct differences? Yeah, there's two kind of controls you can have. First is cultural, which is like how you manage it, and the second is uh, variety base. So we use, uh, in terms of variety, we're using like cider specific, like Kingston Black, um, Chiseled Jersey. All those apples are they're nasty. We can try some in here, but they're <laughs> they're bitter. It's like you know they're um, acidic. They're you know, but when you ferment, in all the sugars gone, all the crunch and the red flesh is gone and what do you got left you got those interesting components that are left mm-hmm. and so the, so that's the on the variety side what's occurring just like you wouldn't make good wine out of table grapes you know you, you need wine grapes same thing with cider and then on the cultural side that's um 
uh, like how much you're going to irrigate or not irrigate, how much you're going to fertilize or not fertilize, all those things are going to play into too. So our orchards are um, grassed over. Uh, we don't irrigate. Uh, our fertilization is pretty low. We're trying to, you know, in a way, stress that tree into making this beautiful little apple that's going to be a concentration of flavor. So, right. you know, uh, that being said, we do buy from orchards that manage more conventionally. And, uh, you know, you know, it, it all, it all, uh, comes out in the cider. You can tell. Nice. Yep. Cool. All right. Let's, uh, let's shift gears. Kale from Modest. How you doing, man? Good. How are you? Cool. Thanks for, uh, thanks for joining us today. No problem. You guys have, uh, your, uh, your, uh, your Lord humongous making a return to the market here shortly. Oh yeah. That's, that's awesome. That, that was one of my, one of my favorite, uh, you know, limited releases last year. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. So uh, for those that may not have had the opportunity to try it last year, tell us what is Lord Humongous. Uh, so Lord Humongous is a imperial rye stout. Uh, it's about eleven and a half percent alcohol this year. Uh, it is heavy on the rye. Uh, we use fifty three percent rye in the total malt bill. Uh, there's a lot of malted rye, chocolate rye, crystal rye. Uh, it gives it this really nice uh, kind of vev- velvety, really thick mouth feel. And uh, you get a lot of that dark chocolate notes with a little bit of that rye spice character to it. And, uh, yeah, it goes down really smooth. There's not a lot of burn to it. Uh, you can drink it. <laughs> <laughs> you can drink it last year, too. How how similar is it to last year, would you say? And, and uh, what are some of the key differences? Uh, first year was the last year we ever did it. Uh, it was our first bottle release ever, actually. So yeah. uh, we did some adjustments this year to it. Uh, we wanted to... Uh, make it a little more able to be aged and uh, really kind of are we learned the mash filter completely so uh, we can really kind of kick up the rye and go with what we want wanted the first time there and uh, the first year turned out great but this year's even better cool and you're having a uh, release party yeah uh, that's October 28th uh, the bottle release is at noon uh, so we've got over a thousand bottles that we're bottling up uh, next week of it and uh, we're going to have a big party. Uh, we have a video releasing tomorrow. Uh, I'm actually the main actor in the video. Uh, <laughs> it's a, kind of a spinoff of Mad Max and everything. It has uh, who we could find as our Lord Humongous in it. I'm riding around on my motorcycle with a bunch of crappy bags of rye on the back. And, uh, yeah, it's a pretty intense video. And then at the party we have uh, four different bands playing. Uh, we have... Uh, we have Chalk Plain, Black Widows, Blood and Stuff, and then Savage Oral Hotbed. So uh, kind of going with the Mad Max theme again on that. And, yeah, it'll just be kind of a big blast, uh, our big celebration for the fall and uh, release of this beer. Yeah, that was a, it was a great release last year. It was one of my, like I said, one of my favorite limited releases. Yeah, we all. had you guys at it last year. I know. And, you know, we're available yeah i know i, I mean, think uh know. john and schmitty are already talking about that all so. right well yeah. schmitty usually lets me know uh what we're doing like the day of yeah that sounds so. about right. <laughs> <laughs> we could talk crap about him because he's not here <laughs> um, now uh but yeah no i i uh, actually suggested to schmitty that maybe we uh we should head out there again uh modest one of my favorite tap rooms in the twin cities you guys are putting out really really fantastic product fresh call is one of my uh or first call first i'm sorry call. is one of my go-to's um, is uh, whenever I see it in the store, I always trade uh, first call in Dreamyard, or, or I, I always make it a point to pick some up when I see some in the store. Yeah, 
Thank you. What'd you bring us today? Uh, there, there's there's something new in there that I haven't had a chance to try yet. Yeah, I have uh, Smooth. It released last Thursday. It's a uh, caramel. Hang on, seed. hang on, hang on, hang on. Don't don't spoil it. We're gonna take a break. Oh, all right. We're gonna right. take a break, right, and uh, you're gonna tell us <laughs> all about uh, what's it called? Smooth. Smooth. With a V. With the V. I like it. All right, you tell us all about it on the other side. This is the Minnesota Beer Cast. All right. The border battle. Vikings. Doesn't get any bigger. Coverage starts Sunday morning at 10, right here on Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130 and 103.5. This report is brought to you by Burnsville Volkswagen. From the Cremation Society of Minnesota Weather Center, a mix of sun. Own channel on the iHeartRadio app. It's free, it's easy to download. Put it on your phone. Go to the podcast tab and just search Minnesota Beercast. You'll find a whole channel dedicated to this show. All of our uh, archived episodes, all of our, it really is the best way to listen to the Minnesota Beer Cast uh, if you're not listening to it live on the radio, of course. I am Drew. Sitting in for Schmitty this week is our good buddy Nathan, now with War Pigs. Congratulations on that. We left off talking with uh, Kale from Modest. You got, uh, you, you brought something called Smooth. Yeah. And I, uh, I, have, I poured a little glass of it, but I haven't tried it yet. So while I'm trying it, why don't you tell us what it is? So, uh, yeah, we just released it last week. Uh, so last Thursday is when it went to all the liquor stores around town. Uh, we had it on last fall as well. Uh, it's a 5.5% ABV lager. Uh, it's caramel sea salt, and uh, it's delicious. It's uh, <laughs> We put uh, quite a bit of salt in there. We use uh, caramel malts uh, for the carameline of it. It's not overly sweet. It's a really nice drinking lager we wanted to make it a beer before a dessert why'd you choose uh why'd you choose to make this a lager or, or put those flavors into a lager i should say uh we as wanted opposed to, uh, as opposed to something maybe a little more malty uh that would be a keegan question we were we were <laughs> we were fighting over that one but uh I, i'm not complaining it's delicious don't get me wrong no, thanks uh <laughs> so yeah we wanted the we wanted that kind of crispness of a lager and that uh, nice, clean finish uh, to go well with the salt. So I think that's kind of why we decided on the, the lager. Yeah. I wrote. I, I was going to say, like, it just makes sense because ale yeast is usually really fruity, uh, yeah. some apple tones to it, and lager yeast are just nice and clean. So I'm guessing that's what Keegan was thinking. Oh, yeah. I'm glad you did. I uh, I, I like, you know, the, the, I like when, <clears throat> when people get creative and add these flavors to to lagers. I think, you know, for for a long time until pretty recently, it was pretty standard to, you know, to if you were going to get kind of weird and crazy and add some flavors and stuff to to do it to a stout or to do it to a porter, to do it to a more uh, a more malty beer. I don't know why I'm not a brewer. My assumption has always been <laughs> you got a little more room for error in that, you know, and 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 I love it when uh, when when you take a lager and like with uh, like to use your uh, your first call, as an example, you know, I, 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 I know when when you're going to do a coffee flavored beer, the instinct is to is to do it with with a porter, to do it with a stout. Um, when you do it with a lager, it's it's you you know you get that nice, rich, deep coffee flavor, but it's not as heavy. Yeah, let's the coffee drink. shine. Yeah, it's 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 really beautiful. It's really well done. Thank you. So, where can people find uh, Smooth? Is this going to be in stores? Is this something that you're going to have in the tap room? How uh, how many uh, how how big a batch did you make? We did 40 barrels of it, and uh, we will be doing another 40. That's just for kegs. But we released 20 barrels in cans. Uh, it's at I think about 25 liquor stores around town. Uh, you can find them on our website, 
and then we'll have it in the tap room for quite a long time. And then we are doing the kegs next week, and that goes out to bars and restaurants. So it'll and, be around town. And this, you said this is the the uh, the second year you've done this. Yes. Is this something that you anticipate being a a you know an annual regular thing? Yeah, it'll be it'll be kind of like our uh, our fall winter start of the year or start of the fall kind of uh, treat. That's uh, that's perfect. That's perfect for this time of year. And I know when Nathan, you wanted to. Uh, this is a perfect transition into that conversation about the uh, the switch of seasons. You know, we are into we are in autumn. We are moving into the into the colder months, and with that comes uh, just sort of a natural natural shift in consumer tastes. You know, people start seeking out the uh, the the hev- not the heavier, but the 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 bolder beers, the bigger flavors. Why why do you think that is? Well, uh, I mean, fall's coming around, or it's here already, as we see. It's now, you know, this is the nicest day so far this week. And, you know, with the colder weather, people want to, you know, bundle up a little bit. And, you know, why not bundle up with a nice glass of, you know, darker beer that's richer, fuller in flavor, maybe a little bit higher in alcohol so that you get that inside warming feel to it. And plus, you know, cider season, I don't want to say cider season because it's always all year round, (laughs) but like you get the fresh pressings, you get the, you know, this is the harvest season right now. So you get a lot of those really good, fresh apple, you know, the cider uh, taste, you know, people are warming up their ciders with cinnamon sticks and cloves and, you know, nutmeg and putting all that stuff in there. It just really feels comforting when you have a lot of really good food, um, you know, Minnesota hearty foods, and then really big bold beers and really nice ciders and then you can finish that off with a 13 hour nap <laughs> yes because it gets dark at five o'clock now yep yeah it gets yeah you dark know. at five o'clock and everyone's sleeping halfway on their way home and you can see the glows <laughs> of their smartphones while they're driving in rush hour <laughs> that's safe now peter from uh, milk and honey have you noticed any uh, any seasonal trends with uh, with your business does uh, do you have a a busier time of year in terms of uh, in terms of you know consumer demand yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, I think that some of the the uh, bright acidity of ciders, like it's like June is our month. You know, you get out, you've been locked, cooped up, and now you're on the patio. You want uh, something refreshing and you know acid forward. Then all of a sudden, October when the sun hits that certain angle in the sky, sky and the uh, leaves start turning, people just want to they want to go out and like pick some pumpkins. And, you know, drink some cider and stuff like that. It's like ingrained, and even though we're uh, we've lost the sort of agrarian nature of uh, most Minnesotans, people want to get outside. And so we see a big push right now. People want to get outside. Well, yeah, it's not a hundred degrees anymore. I know it's gorgeous. <laughs> That's right. The bugs are dead. <laughs> yeah, we don't have to worry about mosquitoes, humidity, or you know, heat stroke. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what about you, Kale? From modesty, you, you know, the the assumption is, you know, it gets to be fall, and and people's tastes, the consumer demands, kind of shifts a little bit. Do you see that trend in your tap room, or you know, do you do you see that people buy what they like regardless of of time of year? Oh, there is those beers that you can just produce all year, all the time, and people are going to drink it. Uh, Dream Yard and First Call are definitely those beers for us. They are always top in the tap room, and people really want them. Uh, but the other beers that we produce, uh, that is why we do Smooth at this time of the year. And uh, later this year, uh, hopefully releasing in December, we're going to do our uh, Mexican chocolate stout again. Oh, oh. Uh, so, oh, yeah, that so excited. We did that uh, 
We did that in the spring of last year, and it was cold for like the first month and a half of its release, and it was flying, and it still sold really well And when it started to get warmer out, but it definitely dropped on the list of beers that were selling in the tap room. It was uh, taken over by a few of the lighter, uh, more refreshing, crisper options. So. This is uh, Imperial Stout season, obviously, uh, you know, dar- uh, darkness coming out soon, and, and that's certainly one of the big flagships, Imperial Stouts in, in, in Minnesota. Do you think, and this is kind of a roundtable question, do you think that uh, Imperial Stouts would would sell as successfully year-round if they were maybe staggered released over the course of the year, or do you think that it's just it's just not very wise to release something like that in the summer? Well, let's let's think about nationwide. I mean, down in Florida with uh, Cigar City and their Hunapu, they do that, and it's uh, what they do. It's that. always summer down there. Yeah, it's always yeah. summer down there. <laughs> or like uh, with Dark it's still Lord like days. June, isn't it? When they yeah. do it, yeah, <laughs> it's still June when they do it. So, you know, it's just I, I guess uh, it's just wherever you're at in the world. I guess. I think if you make a good enough beer and you get the hype behind it and everything, that people will buy it. Whatever yeah, no the season, when. and no, it could be a snowstorm with six feet of snow, and they'd still find a way to they're get there. Oh, yeah, they'll be they're chasing trucks. Line up. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's take a quick break. We got one more segment of the Minnesota Beer Cast coming up with Peter from Wild Minds, Kale from Modest, our good buddy Nathan, now with War Pigs. We'll be right back. Rush Limbaugh. And I tell people when you break up, you're, you're gathering on the first tee or you're teeing off, you see everybody that you, you secretly hope to cream, but you're telling each other, hope you really play well. Weekday mornings at 11. I didn't. Everybody says, good luck, play well. I don't. I say, bad luck, and I hope you screw up. And they laugh. <laughs> because you deserve Warpigs. So I apologize. <laughs> My apologies to all the wonderful people over there, Warpigs. Oh, I'm sorry. All the people over there. War pigs. War pigs. <laughs> Todd be pretty happy. <laughs> Welcome back to the Minnesota Beer Cast. I am Drew. That is Nathan sitting in for Schmitty. Schmitty will be back next week. I do believe we'll be recording an episode out at uh, Surly for Darkness Days. That'll be a lot of fun. And you can find us at the Minnesota Cider Fair, October 22nd, down in Jordan. Uh, Just go to uh, Facebook or search Minnesota Cider Fair or just Google Minnesota Cider Fair. You can find links to purchase tickets to that at the Minnesota Harvest Orchard, uh, October 22nd at 1 o'clock. I am really looking forward to that. That's going to be a lot of fun. uh, I love the growth in cider. I love how how much great cider is being made here in Minnesota, and I'm really excited for a chance to – uh, to try a bunch of different ones and uh, and see uh, see it all showcased. I think we need more of that. So uh, that'll be a lot of fun. If you're out there, make sure to stop by and uh, and say hello. We uh, were talking with uh, Nathan. We had a little conversation during the break. You wanted to bring up the well the importance of of a clean tap line. This is something we've talked about a number of times on the show. What uh, did, did did something happen? Did you come across <laughs> a foul tap line? And uh, that ruined your day, and now uh, and, and now you want to rant about it? Oh yes, the uh, yes. So we can start rant. This is now. a safe place. <laughs> this is a safe place. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I had lunch today with Rob and Kaylee from Better Beer Society, and like we were tossing back and forth some uh, talks about the recent pictures that they had been posting at some of their various accounts, um, all of which will remain anonymous, just to you know save face for everyone. Um, 
But those things looked disgusting. They were rough. They, they were, were bad. really rough. And, you know, when you're a brewery or a cidery that's producing stellar products like the ones that are here in the studio today, you want that product to taste just as good as when you made it as when your customer in that restaurant or bar or liquor store is going to get it. Like, when you see sludge inside of faucets or, like, just the nastiest beer stone, just all this stuff. And if you look up Better Beer Society on Instagram or Facebook, they post these pictures up so you can see exactly what it looks like. You know, it just makes me not want to have beers at any of these facilities because I don't want my beer tasting like that. I don't want to sell my beer to these places because they don't take pride in, you know, the beer that they're selling. If they want to be, you know, a craft beer place or they want to, you know, even do their customers justice, you know, have them go in and clean your lines. I mean, true. Like, oh, yeah, Peter, Kale, I mean, you know, how many times have we gone in and like have gotten just gross beers? Uh, <laughs> it's it's a really bad feeling when you've had a keg on a plate at a, on at a place for quite a while, and you go there and you have one of them, and you know that there's something wrong with that tap line, and it's. You just start thinking about all the people that have had your beer, maybe for the first time, maybe yeah. for the second time, and you really hope they go back to it at a different place or at your tap room or somewhere and go, this is what they were actually going for. Do you uh, do you find yourselves, Peter, uh, Kale, uh, do you find yourselves... Uh, Ever having to have that awkward conversation with with a place you don't have to name names obviously with a place that's carrying your product, uh, and you go there and you try it and you realize you know what there's there's something wrong here so the flavors are off and I'm guessing the uh, the tap line is is not being properly maintained. Uh, do, do you have do you have to have that awkward conversation uh, very often or uh, the nice thing is that I don't have to because I do operations and our sales guy John does all that. <laughs> <laughs> he has to have those rough conversations, but yeah, it has happened uh, a few times and it's it's a difficult conversation to have. Do you have the ability to just sort of pull your beer at some point if there if 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 a place you know, has a couple of maybe repeat violations, and 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 you you know they're not presenting your product the way it should be presented. And you're right. I mean, someone could could go there and can can order a modest or order a milk and honey for the very first time, and the uninitiated consumer, and I would even put myself in that category. You know, I I, I can't tell. I don't think I could tell the difference between a bad beer or a good beer that's served on a bad tap line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that is a very fair point on that. It's it's hard to know unless you've had that beer before and had it very recently. Right. One one thing that I've noticed with the ciders is we we kind of we're lumped in with uh, the sours and kind of the mm-hmm. the weird stuff. So sometimes we'll be put on a certain line mm-hmm. that oh this is the miscellaneous line. Yeah, they'll put you on a sour <laughs> line. Yeah, exactly. So so the interesting thing there is like. Uh, what the I hell feel, was in there before? I feel bad for the people who have to drink it, but we're actually cleaning. Our, the acidity of cider and the alcohol, you know, run around 7%, it's like the same as what you're going to clean your floors with. Like if you put a little vinegar and water, I mean, that's what you got. Yeah. So so in terms of cleaning it, uh, you know, maybe we're doing a, a, a service, but, um, yeah, it's it's not cool. Um, right. Just by having my product on, you're going to already clean your life. <laughs> so it's a twofer. Yeah, there you go. That's a, that's a good selling point. I should try that one. The, the other thing I've noticed, too, is that uh, you, you know, cider is pretty delicate. You can't, you can't hide it. There, if, you get, if you're messing it up, there's not much to hide. Uh, it's very delicate. So uh, 
actually the what I've actually found is like the, the line cleaner itself, the sanitizer and whatnot. If that happens just before those first couple pours, that you're gonna you're gonna pick that up. Mm-hmm. So it's it's kind of interesting. Yeah. For uh, for the uninitiated, for someone like myself, right? I go there, I go to a bar, I order a beer for the first time, never had it before. Is there something? Is there a specific flavor that I should look for that would be an indication? That the problem isn't necessarily the beer, but the problem is a dirty tap line. Yeah, so there's actually two ways. One's taste, and uh, well, three ways. Um, sight, smell, and taste. So if you see physical floaties in your beer, <laughs> yeah, that's key number one. Gil uh, was just telling us. Unless you want that haze. Right, right. Unless, yeah, unless it's supposed to be like a Hefeweizen, a good Hefeweizen should have that yeasty haze going yeah. on for yeah. it. But uh, not protein particularly, right. the, the big chunks. <laughs> um, smell, uh, maybe you'll get some uh, a little bit like butter, like movie popcorn butter smell to it, um, and even a little... Uh, we call it oxidative. It's a uh, like wet paper cardboard, or if you use like when you wash your hands and the smell that the uh, paper towels make, like that's uh, that's you know oxidative smell. Um, and then taste. It tastes butter, so it tastes like movie popcorn butter, or it tastes <laughs> like wet paper cardboard. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And I, you know, when you say that, I can recollect some specific instances yeah. where I've had that that sort of. Yeah, that that texture yep. and that that buttery kind of texture oh, yeah. and taste, and, and there'll be like a uh, it's as very, you're drinking, it's very it, there'll unpleasant. be like a, a like a slickness almost. Yeah, um, like it'll feel like wetter than usual. Like it stays on your tongue a little bit. Would would you would you encourage consumers to point that out to a, to a bar if I'm at a place and I uh, and I recognize that? I absolutely, mean, is that something. Um, that... So. I mean, just recently I had a beer and like, this is a very reputable place that I went to and I tried the beer and I knew that it was the beer that it wasn't the lines at all. And he was like, well, do you want another one? I'm like, no, not of this beer. (laughs) Can I get get a different beer, please? Who's cleaning these? Like who's, is it primarily the the restaurant bar owner or distributors or who's cleaning these lines? So, um, like, uh, there is line cleaning services out there. Um, like Better Beer Society, uh, there's a couple other ones out there that may not be doing as thoroughly of a good job as BBS is doing. Um, the accounts sometimes will do it themselves, or sometimes they just won't even do it. Like they won't even run water through the lines; they'll just tap a new keg and go from there. Yeah, and that's that's the bad thing. So when you're out there, at your some of them it's like years of not cleaning. Yeah. Like, oh. Like it, oh. it's ridiculous. You go into a place like with I us, mean, your being customers us, can get sick. Yeah, from that. I mean, that's that's just dangerous. Yep. Uh, and like you know, us in this room here, who are in the beer industry, uh, you know, we're professionals, and we go into these coolers and we see all these things, and we're just like, I don't even want to walk in this thing. <laughs> like this looks so gross. But like you know, that's. You know, that's behind the curtains, you know. Don't look behind the curtain. You, know? yeah. you don't want to see the wizard, but... How mm. how prevalent, I mean, again, you know, we're not going to name anybody, obviously, but, you know, is it is it is it more common to find, maybe not filthy, you know, like, like, mm-hmm. like you said, but is it more common to find uh, tap lines that aren't as maintained as nicely as they should be? Let's put it that way. Or is it now, because of the education that's happened over the last few years, do you think it's more common to find people taking, you know, much better care of their tap lines? Um, I would say, you know, change is slow with a lot of these places. Yeah. So yeah. the people who are in the know, they know. They just immediately go for it. But then there are business owners out there who don't want to justify the cost of getting their lines cleaned. 
And they're like, nope, we don't need them clean. And they don't see the return on it. Yeah, and they don't see the return on it. No, if people are still coming in and buying their beers. Yep. They're just like, all right, whatever. Apparently, I'm not doing anything wrong. So, (laughs) like, there are places where I only get canned beer. Yeah, I've... I've been to I've been to more than one bar where people have told me beforehand, yeah, it's it's a fine place to hang out, but don't order anything on tap. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'll have whiskey, please. <laughs> All right, that's going to wrap it up for uh, this week's episode. Peter from Milk and Honey, thank you so much for coming in this week. Thank you. Let's uh, let's not let uh, three years pass uh, before we have you on again. I appreciate that. <laughs> this was great. Uh, Kale, thank you so much. No problem. Thanks for bringing in that smooth. Appreciate it. Looking forward to uh, seeing you out at the uh, Lord Humongous release party. Looking forward to seeing you, Peter, out in Jordan at the Minnesota Cider Fair. Nathan, stellar, stellar job. Drew, I couldn't have done it without you. Schmitty better not take another week off. Yeah, otherwise he's going to have to find a new job. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you all next week. and sometimes it makes me feel mellow. This is the Twin Cities News Talk Station, KTLK AM, Minneapolis. Millions of Americans will benefit. I'm Pam Poo.